Grace, mercy, and peace to each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Heavenly Father, we have every expectation that you will keep your promise this morning that where your word goes forth, it will not return to you void. But we ask that it is in our hearts that you will use that word now to accomplish your purpose. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I think I can speak for every parent in this room that there's nothing on this earth that can call forth an emotional response out of someone like their children do. There's nothing I've accomplished in this life, nothing I've ever done, at least that I recall, that has ever given me one-tenth of the unmitigated joy that I felt the day I first saw my baby daughter laugh. Just indescribable, isn't it? I, I see parents smiling. You, you know it. It's... It's indescribable. Of course, joy is not the only emotion that children can bring forth. Some of our most agonizing moments are also caused by our children. Sometimes a child is ill, sometimes injured. And what, what you didn't know when you were a child is your parents were aching every bit as much as you were. Sometimes more just not physical. Well, sometimes it is physical. I mean, sometimes you can just, you just feel it. Um, but your parents, parents ached with an ache for you that most of the time we know nothing about until we have our own. Then we know what that's like. And one of the most agonizing moments in the life of a parent, even though every parent says we're never going to do this, a lot of us probably did it, and that is turn our attention just a little too long in the store, looking at the ingredients on the Kraft macaroni and cheese a little too long, and the toddler who is beside us, we look, we look down and they're, they're not there, right? How many of us have had that experience? And agony, panic is the word, sheer panic, at that moment well describes it. Well, Mary and Joseph, even though Jesus was not a toddler, they experienced that kind of panic in our lesson for this morning. And uh, it was traumatizing. You pick that up from the, the, what Mary says to Jesus. It was absolutely traumatizing for them. And we're going to read that now. Our lesson begins in, uh, in uh, Luke chapter 2 and beginning with verse 41. And we read this. His parents, that's Mary and Joseph, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days, oh, by the way, let me say something about this before we go on, because it's, it's an important lesson before we get to the rest of this. Um, Jesus is 12, and Luke makes a point of saying that. When Jesus was 12, and the 12th year of a boy in Jewish tradition was very important 
because that was the year that preceded um, his bar mitzvah, the, the time when he became what was called a son of the law. And that 12th year, now there were actually schools where, where uh, boys would go to school to learn the law, but the 12th year began a very intense year of study for those who were serious about their faith and whose family was serious about their faith. That 12th year was a different year of very intense study. And so we want to keep that in mind in this passage as we see this because Jesus is now in that 12th year. So let's go on. Um, and when they had finished the days, so the feast is over now, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among, among their relatives and acquaintances. So let's stop again for a minute. This is, this is probably a big caravan that's all gone probably, they're, they're neighbors and, they're, and we, you notice it mentions their relatives are in this caravan traveling the three-day journey or so, whatever it was, uh, back to Nazareth from Jerusalem. Maybe the whole town of Nazareth is all in this caravan. We don't know how many was there, but it was likely hundreds and maybe many hundreds of people uh, because it could include some of the people from the villages around, around Nazareth there where Jesus was from. So there's a lot of people in this caravan. And Jesus is 12 years old by now, and they don't worry about it. He, you know, they assume probably he's... He's over with his cousins or, or, you know, someplace until they have finished the day's journey and, and probably people are starting to set up some tents and they're getting ready to spend the night uh, and they expect Jesus to come walking up and he doesn't. And so that's where we are. Um, let's go on. Um, Sodom among their relatives and acquaintances. Now we start. And so when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. So they go a day's journey. Now they've got to go back a day's journey. And uh, no doubt there's panic in their minds. They don't know what happened to him. He, he could be, if, uh, if he was at the back end of the caravan, could have been, um, you know, set upon by bandits or who knows what happened to him they don't know right um, they're probably thinking all kinds of scenarios in their mind and none of them good you know and so now it was that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers both listening to them and asking them questions and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers so when they saw him, that's when Mary and Joseph saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously, and, and the word there implies pain. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. 
Well, Jesus went back. Now this, by the way, that last statement is a little bit kind of hard to understand too because here he is, God the Son. How can he, how can he, how could he learn something from those teachers when he's already God? And, and there's a kind of a mystery there how, how the Bible says that, the, that God the Son, when he became a man, was fully man. And he set aside the use of his divine abilities and it's, it's kind of hard to understand how he could learn anything if he already knew it all, but, but it's true, and that's, and that's what was going on. So he grew in wisdom. Now, I wonder if you, like me, tend to take the side of Mary and Joseph in this story. I, I want to ask the same thing. Jesus, why did you do that to him? You know? and, uh, but these things were written for our learning, and so what can we learn from this passage? And, and I'd like to mention two or three things in particular. And uh, the first is sort of an aside, but sometimes this is true. And I, I think we see this with Mary and Joseph. And it happens about the time that children get to be 12 and 13 and 14 years old. That is difficult for parents sometimes to see that they're growing up. And that they're becoming an adult. And in fact, at age 13, lots of people did consider Jewish boys to be grown up. And the fact that Mary and Joseph looked, at least it appears that they looked all over for Jesus. I don't know where all they looked. Did they look in the playground? Did did they look in the marketplace? I I don't know. Maybe they went right to the temple, but but it it seems kind of like Mary and Joseph were looking around for him before they ever went to the temple And that indicates maybe some of this is going on, that they just didn't really understand um, that he's growing up. And and that's what's on his mind, is being about his father's business. And that's what they missed for sure, is that there is an urgency. An urgency for Jesus. In other words, it was all important. He says, I must be about my father's business. There's no choice there. He must be about his father's business. And he tells them, and Luke tells us, that even after Jesus says that, Mary didn't really understand. Um, And I think it was the urgency that she didn't understand. He's still 12 years old, for Pete's sake. And she didn't understand all this. But thankfully, Jesus understood it. Because had he slacked off in doing his father's business, there would be no forgiveness for you and me. And there would be no salvation for you and me because he was doing his father's business and that business was saving you and me. And so thankfully he didn't slack off in doing his father's business. The culmination of that business would, uh, would not take place for another uh, 20-some years. No, 18 years. I don't, never was a math major. So, <laughs> Anyway, um, I'll, not, I'll not embarrass myself anymore by doing the math orally. But anyway, um, but, but um, uh, his, it would culminate in his suffering and death upon the cross for you and me. So right now, while he's 12, he's doing what we should be doing. We should be engaged in the word of God every day. From the time we're young to the time we die, we should be engaged in that word of God. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not, sometimes I skip my Bible reading. Sometimes I get busy. 
Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I skip it, but we ought not to. But Jesus was living the perfect life for my imperfect life. He was doing it for you, every one of you, and for me too. And, and then he died in our place upon the cross. That was the culmination of his father's business, and by the way, his business. And dying for our sins upon the cross to pay for them, and to pay that ransom to the father for you and me. So he must be about his father's business. There is an urgency about it. And something else about this. Because he had that special relationship, notice what he says. He says, I must be about my father's business. In dis- that distinguishes that from Joseph. He's not talking about Joseph. He's talking about God the Father. Because he has that special relationship, because he is God the Son, you must never conclude that you have sinned so much that you have used up God's forgiveness because it cannot be used up because he's God. He's got an infinite supply. And so when he paid the price for your sins, he paid the price of your past sins and your future sins. Point number two, God is not nearly concerned as much for your comfort and for my comfort as he is for our eternal life. And when I say that, I mean our earthly comfort. Look at what Mary and Joseph went through for three days. He seemed to be missing for those three days. They were panicky, they were anxious, and they were pained. But they too needed to learn this lesson that Jesus needed to be about his father's business. And actually, the very experience they were having was his father's business. And had they simply understood it and believed it, they could have saved themselves a lot of trouble. They would have gone right to the temple. They would have known where he was right from the beginning. Sometimes God's purposes don't mesh with our purposes. Things that we want, we we want comfort. We want a painless life. We'd rather not endure it. We'd like to have no broken relationships. We'd like not to lose our loved ones. But we can believe Because God promises that even those things work together for our good. We can believe that they do. And we can believe that because even though, uh, uh, let let me start that sentence over again. We can believe that because he showed us he is trustworthy and he keeps his promises by going to the cross and then rising from the dead. He says that he will work everything together. His work is to will and to do for your good pleasure. So he's working in your life, even in those things. And what is his good pleasure? It is that you will live with him forever in heaven and enjoy him forever. And so when you endure difficult times, you're not going to like it. Neither will I, neither did Mary and Joseph. But because Jesus went about his father's business all the way to the cross... You can trust his working in your life. May God grant that trust to you and to me. And may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds and keep you in him unto life everlasting. Amen. Would you please bow your head with me again? Gracious Father, you have established among us the Christian home And we ask 
that you would so rule and direct our hearts that we may be good examples to our children and not only to them, but to those around us. Grant that we do not offend them by word or deed, but faithfully teach them about you and to love your church and your word, to hear your blessed word. Grant to us your spirit and grace that the seed of your word may bring forth good fruit in our lives and that our lives may advance your glory, honor, and praise and our own improvement and welfare. Grant it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.